Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, coming back at you with another fucking show. Uh, man. Pull my fucking neck. I don't know what the fuck. I slept wrong or some kind of shit, but... So, dealing with that today, but... I mean, otherwise, I'm good. Um, so, man, I got a lot of shit to get into. Um, shout out to Shaheen, straight off. You know, dude is... Um, he's been recording it for me since I haven't been doing it on Blog Talk. Um, you know, truth be told, I mean, he's he's continued to push me to do this when it's easiest to not do this, you know what I mean? Um, he's been recording it. He's hit me with topics. All those things makes it that much more likely that I'll do the show because if I don't really have a lot to talk about, I'm not going to do the show. If I don't have a way to record it, definitely not doing the show. So he's really brought all that together. So big shout out to Shane and everything he's doing. Um, nuclear heat graphics, Garden of Doom, all this. Um, so, yeah. We'll go forward on uh, topics that Shaheen gave me. Um, covers a lot of ground here. Biden winning, clearly. Yo, that that's what's up. That's what needed to happen. That was, you know, something that if at this point, 
four years later, after everything we've fucking seen and the response to COVID and all this, like, and just the, the arrogance, the disrespect, the just mannerless behavior that this dude has continued to act in. If you're still riding with that dude, if you voted for him, you're an asshole. And there's just no way around it. And I keep trying to find ways around it because there's a lot of people who just, you know, I, I liked previously. And then they take that crazy-ass turn. Now, I'll get into some of that in a minute, but um, back to the Biden win. It, it's crazy that it was even as close as it was for a while, you know? But this this bullshit where they go, oh, you know, it's fixed. Is it? He was saying it was fixed two years ago. You know what I mean? It, it, he's that football fan that he'll tell you that the NFL's rigged when his team loses, but he'll never say that shit if they win. That's that guy. You know, this is the guy that just, uh, you know, he can't stand for things to go against what he wants, you know, and be legitimate. It's like, if you tell me something I don't like, it's a lie. If you tell me something I like, you're the most honest person in the world. I see a lot of the way wrestlers fucking do that shit. They've always done that shit. Since I became a fan of indie wrestling, I call more and more of that where a motherfucker will tell you, Hey, you're not a wrestler. Don't try to tell me that uh, that's not what the move is supposed to be or or that the match wasn't good. Right. But if I told you that was the most fucking ill finisher that you've ever fucking done, like that finisher looked amazing, or if I told you that match was the best thing I've ever seen, you won't go, dude, you're not a wrestler. You're not qualified to make that distinction. No, no. You're fine there. And that, that's that's how this guy rolls. If you ain't with him, you don't give a... You're wrong. You just... So, but if, you, if you're still fucking with this guy, I mean, I, I just don't understand you. It, it doesn't work for me. Um, this guy legitimately said, hey, the, the mail-in ballots are no good. The mail-in ballots are fraudulent. They're not they're not going to come through. Uh, the mail system's fucked up and proceeded to attack the mail system. The dude um, appointed a new postmaster general who he's cool with. And then that dude cut overtime hours, told them that they didn't have to deliver all the mail by the end of the shift. If it was left over, let it be left over, which just in that alone delays mail delivery. That's. That's a very um, open accepting of the mail delivery being behind, being delayed based on the new policy. To do that going into an election that you know there's going to be a huge turnout for mail-in ballots, you're purposely trying to rig the election. Like, As far as I'm concerned, he openly tried to rig the election, and it didn't fucking work because what his stupid ass did is he told all his fucking people, don't use the mail system, don't use the mail system. He attacked the mail system. And then, uh, obviously, the huge amount of voters that were going to listen to his bullshit on the mail system, those were his voters. The people who weren't going to listen to it and still use the mail-in ballots were Biden's voters. So now when you had a whole lot... And then what he did 
as he tried to attack the deadline, he he had tried to tra- attack, um, you know, anything he could to cut off when those ballots would come in. Oh, anything through mail, we should cancel those ones. Oh, because you knew those weren't your guys. That that's exactly the opposite of what you were pitching. So you already knew who those votes were coming in for. So you started trying to fucking battle against it, and it didn't fucking work. It didn't fucking work. And then to, then to turn around and call the other side fraudulent. Yeah, you know, these people find, like, a ballot that was somehow cast for someone who's been deceased or something. Okay, but when you lost by 10,000, 30,000 votes, is there 10,000 deceased people ballots? No, there's not. There's fucking not. It, it, it's... It's just bizarre, like, the type of shit that these people feed into and believe in. Um, but, you know, that's that's what it is. It's fucking... It, he, he tried to fucking set it up. I mean, anyone who can't see that, it, it, I, don't, I don't know. What, are you blind? <laughs> Ironically. Um... But yeah, so so the motherfucker lost, and, and he, he's trying to file all these motions and this and this. Half of that shit already got shot down. Sorry to fucking break the news to you, you fucking jerk offs, but most of your shit is already dead in the water, and everything that shows up new, dead in the fucking water. Nothing's got any credibility. His own side, a lot of the Republicans are already going like, yeah, he needs to stop saying that shit. You know, so it's fucking over. Um, Zandig popped back up recently, you know, uh, a few days after the election and just started talking that wild shit, you know, oh, they're still going to win. <laughs> He's still going to win. Don't get, don't get too comfortable. Dems, all this bullshit. And, uh, you know, because he's just, he's a dummy. And as I've said before, I, I'm saddened by it because, you know, I, I, really liked John Zandig as a performer, you know, and as a guy running a company, I completely got behind that company, you know, and I saw that as, as my month in month out, this was my shit. John Zandig's music hit. I got fucking hyped. He was going to come out there and say some shit. Now I see his fucking name on a post. He's about to say some bullshit. You know, this, this is the difference. And, uh, you know, it's rough and he's just, he's just preaching that shit. And on one hand, uh, he goes, uh, Trump's Trump's taking this fucking thing. It doesn't matter what you fucking people think. All oh, that shit's going to be overturned in court. He'll still be the president. Uh, and then on the other hand, he goes, Biden's going to raise gas taxes to 450. And, and you know, you, you got to go like, all right, well, h- how's he going to raise gas taxes if he's not going to be president? Like you just said. Uh, you know, so again, it's the same Trump logic of just like hedging your bets. It's like Trump will still be president. But also, if he isn't, the Democrats will ruin the country. So you're not really so sure on which side it's going, right? You just, either way, it's it's something. Yeah, it's it's just wild. That that mentality overall, it's just appalling to me. It's very fucking shocking. Uh, what happens to his cult? Well, they they've already moved over to shit like Pollard, um, where. They just like, like sit amongst themselves and spread complete fucking lies. And they've created um, a platform that's not going to check them on those lies. 
so it, it's going to be the same cult following. It's going to be fucking dangerous and all this. But the good thing is, is at least the top of the chain, the, you know, the president, as well as the military and the police force aren't going to be tied in with that same line of thinking. I think that's what makes it so much more dangerous. They're being just empowered by higher powers, so to speak. Like your, you know, your authorities are backing the bullshit you're on. That's what's to me makes it more dangerous, you know, across the country on a regular basis and, you know, volatile areas. This is what makes it that much more tense because, you know, if, if um, police brutality happens and that gets back into the president's ears and they ask him to comment on it and the president goes, yeah, I don't see a problem. All right. Well, now everyone's that much more angry and that much more ready to act on some shit because it went all the way to the top and he went, eh, I don't give a fuck. You know, where, you know, if you, you go all the way to the top and he's like, look, we're, we're going to look into it. There's some policies that need to be changed. I'm going to appoint this guy to look into this. And, you know, we're going to try to get some training going. You know, you can say some things that'll at least go like, all right, he's not riding with the shit that just happened. At least we can acknowledge it as something that shouldn't have happened. Where a lot of times with Trump, he just blows it off like you need to get used to it and it's all good. And that that creates fucking a lot of anger and a lot of division because then it, it forces you to take a side. A am I with this guy saying it ain't shit or no, am I standing up for this cause and not not taking that for an answer? Um, yeah, Trump's going to keep talking to those fucking people, too, via Twitter or whatever the fuck caller. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Um the fuck else um you know and that's the thing I, I i i've heard a lot of these statements these catchphrases over the years with trump and one of the favorite things that those people say that the trump and z's say trumpets i've heard as well um is he's not a politician well for starters, yes, the fuck he is. Um, but just just by your own logic, that's like saying I want to have my house built, but I'm tired of using fucking carpenters. You know, politicians. You know, you could you could call it what you want. Uh, you can call them crooked, call them liars, call them whatever the fuck you want to call them. You know, lawyers got that same rap too, but. Do you think you're better off in court with or without a lawyer? With a lawyer, right? You want to get those guys on your side to do that shit that they do. Same thing goes with politicians. You need them to work the system that's that it is the system. It is what it is. And you need to know how to make these people happy, make these people happy, try to find some kind of even ground. And, and some shit happens behind the scenes that if you get deep enough, you, maybe you won't like as much. But it's not just like right in your face and aggressive and challenging you. And, you know, the way that Trump always came across was just like, go fuck yourself. You don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we're doing. And uh, some people on the other and then he'll make fun of the people who it's affecting, you know, like that. 
you're, you're taunting America. You can't taunt America as the president. You got to try to be the one that eases them. You know, when Obama would make a speech, you felt like this is the this is the guy who's in charge. This is a guy who, who has a professional attitude. He's coming out here and he's giving a speech on what's going on. And again, just as I said, the people who say, you know, after four years, they're still riding with Trump and all that shit. If after the eight years of Obama, you've decided that he was the worst president ever, you're a racist piece of shit. That's all it comes down to, because there's nothing he did in eight years that would deem him to be the worst ever. So if it, as soon as you say like the worst ever, then you're just fucking racist. Just start yelling some of those key words. You know, you might as well just start using them words again, because that's what that is. I mean, because really healthcare was like the biggest thing you know, that people will point to, but it was a system that could have been continued to work, been worked with and retooled and restructured. It, you know, it covered so many um, pre-existing conditions and it got everybody insurance. Now, if there is this wrong and that wrong with it, you could start to work on it. But if you bring in a whole new administration that goes, fuck that whole thing, I'm getting rid of it and has zero plans for what to do next. Well, then that's not your guy either. You know, he's, he's not a fucking hero. He's just shouting, I don't like it. That's, that's not a solution at all. And he provided zero solution. So, you know, this, this is a lot of what goes on there. But back to the politician thing. When you say Trump's not a politician, politics, you know, look at it as they say in wrestling, this guy plays politics. Well, he, he weasels and he pulls strings and he gets in the right people's ears and, and works without whatever kind of deals he can to get his position the best he can in, in his line of work. That's all Trump's ever done. Trump got handed his fucking fortune by his father, and then he continued to weasel and be a cutthroat businessman. Um, politicians are cutthroat businessmen that are within the government. So he's the same fucking thing. He was just applying that same politician mindset into business. You know what I mean? And then when he became president, it was a lateral move. It wasn't like this crazy. I mean, of course, it was crazy for a guy who wasn't in politics to suddenly become the president of the United States. But it was a lateral move as far as the way that he operated, not some fresh, new, regular guy who, who's going to um, do what's right for the common man. What the fuck? Who the fuck thinks that Donald Trump is a common man? This motherfucker has been looking down on you cocksuckers for a long fucking time. For as long as he's been world famous Donald Trump, he's been looking down on you motherfucking rednecks and, and, and you, you shitheads that are acting like he's for you. He's been aborting bitches babies and fucking looking down on you. And now you think he's this pro-life fucking savior of the fucking common man. It's such a demented fucking mindset. I, I I can't even fucking grasp it. The more I read the shit, that it just it baffles me. So, um, I gotta I gotta say because again, I, I have you know friends who are on this shit, and I have a friend. I'm not gonna say their names because I still love them. I you know they did so much for me, a husband and wife. Um. And, you know, I'm close to them and, and we've we've hung out 
uh, barbecued. We've done a lot of things. They've done a lot for me. I, I really respect who they are as people. But, and even like when I've talked to them, you know, in person, I've only talked to one of them at all about politics. But the one that I talked to, you know, in person about the politic things, he was way more, um, it, it was way low key when he talked to me. And, and he was just like, you know, I, I'd rather, um, you know, I'd rather an asshole I know who he is rather than an asshole that's unknown or something, you know, that that could do some shit that I don't even see coming or, or some some weird shit like that. And he put it in a way where it's like he wasn't down with 100% of what this dude was. But he was just, you know, he didn't he didn't seem like that gung-ho about everything Trump was about. But I've seen enough of his posts online to make me know that he's more gung-ho than he's leading on. But he's, he's reeling that shit back while we're talking here. And it was a normal conversation. And, you know, I... I told him, like, I'm telling you guys, like, I, I love this guy and, and his wife and uh, they're, they're fantastic people. And I didn't become friends with them because of politics. So I don't want to lose them as friend because of politics. Um, but like this type of shit that I see just makes me fucking sad because like this is these are the people who I speak against when people post shit like this. I point them out as like, look at this stupid motherfucker. And it breaks my heart when you see your fucking friend's name right up top of that fucking post. And I don't think they listen to this podcast. I hope not, whatever the case is. Because, again, I would like to preserve our friendship going forward. I, I believe it's going to take about a year after Joe Biden is president. And you'll begin to see these people level out mentally. Where I don't think it'll be as there's going to be like those fucking, you know truck flag motherfuckers and like those motherfuckers that they ain't going away. <laughs> They'll be here all four years. Um, but some of the people you knew as normal before that suddenly took those hard turns. I think, I think about a year, year and a half in, you're going to see some normalcy come out of them. Either that or they're going to jump to the other side, you know, um, so, you know, and, and truck flag it up. I don't know. But, um, so, yeah, here, here's the post that the dude post this do not accept another lockdown with 99 percent survival rate. We have to fight back. Do not choose, close your business. Do not stop seeing your family if you're afraid to live your life because you might die then you've already died. So that's his post there. And it's like, all right, well, the numbers are going through the fucking roof. And when there's people that are taking these stances like don't listen to shit stand up against the government and make sure that you fucking do whatever you want, no matter what they say. Like, who is that for? Who are you fucking, who are you helping? Do you think they're going to open the businesses because you just decided, no, I'm not doing it. Just like the jerk offs in the lacy fucking diner, whatever the fuck it's called over here. Um, they, they took a stand and got fined and all of that shit a couple weeks before they, they were just allowed to indoor dine anyway. Like, they had to take such a fucking stand, this and that. You wait fucking two weeks, and there was no fines. There was no media coverage. There was no this and that. Meanwhile, they get opened up for indoor dining legally. 
And within two weeks, fucking one guy punches another guy in the parking lot. 70-year-old man fucking kills him. You know what I mean? Like, this is the mentality that you, you're working with here. Um, but it's just like, why, why are we inciting people to do the wrong fucking thing? Like, that's, the, that's what we should be doing. Like, what, what the fuck, man? They're going to close the fucking businesses for a longer if we don't control this shit. Like, why not go with the fucking plan? I don't understand that. Like, you act like, no, they're going to take our money if we just... But you're the one prolonging it, not them. So then the other one posted a meme that said uh, it had it has Obama and Jesus Christ. You know, they hang out. And um, they're hanging out on the picture here. And it's got the little thought bubble, you know, or word bubble. One over Obama that says... Trump is reversing all of my policies. And then Jesus Christ says, you reversed all of mine, which is why I sent Trump. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Jesus Christ sent Trump here. Is that people are really fucking believing this shit? Jesus Christ sent Donald Trump to fucking... What? Are you fucking kidding so that's my first thing is like, you really think this dude has been sent by Jesus that Donald fucking apprentice grabbed by the pussy Trump has been sent by Jesus Christ. You know how bad that hurts to see your friend's name up top of that fucking thing. And they're not like, there's no laughing emoji next to this fucking post. Like they mean it. It's fucking brutal. And, and then the other part of that, you got to point out, it's like, all right, um, can you give me like a quick rundown on all the things that Obama, uh, you know, all, all the Jesus's policies that Obama removed? You removed all of my policies, Jesus Christ tells Barack. So then Jesus says, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Uh, I, it's 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 bananas. I, I can't even fucking believe this shit. So then Drake Younger, Drake, uh, he's headed over to Pollard. He's following all sorts of fucking anti-Semites and fucking anti-Islam, just racist, total bullshit, spouting off that shit on there. And, you know, th- this is what this dude is, though. And it's fucking crazy because... You know, I used to talk to this guy on a regular fucking basis. He used to, like, at the wrestling shows, you know, every month we'd, we'd hang out with certain guys. Drake was one of those guys. And he was always really nice and everything. Apparently he was on meth. I, I mean, I didn't even know he was on meth when he was on meth, you know, because he was one of those functional motherfuckers. And his personality just was what it was, you know. And apparently that was what meth did, which I, I'd like back. Personally, if somebody could mail some meth to Drake Younger, that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, but in the meantime, this guy's just out of his fucking mind, like out of his fucking mind. And uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like he, he puts on that same kind of fake, like try to talk you through shit. 
I, I, cause I saw him initially getting into it with people on his, on his Facebook before he deleted his Facebook, uh, where he'd be like, Oh, God bless you. Um, I respect your opinion, brother. But I think this and this and this, but to each their own and I'll pray for you. Oh, he's that like little fucking like sideways fucking shit at the end where like, I'll pray for you. Like, you, like you got something fucked up that prayer is going to fix now. Like, it's just fucking it's, it's crazy. And, um. You know, Cornette's posting shit like, oh, yeah, Drake's going to be future endeavored in three, two. Nah, man. Vince Vince agrees with that shit. Don't get it fucked up. Vince is, is on team fucking Trump. That dude is a fucking Trump pansy, 100%. 100%. Burp. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he probably just, he probably sees him in the back like, you're my favorite ref. You tell the truth on Twitter. That's what I like about you. Keep it up, buddy. I can't say it. I'll lose investors. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's probably and I and that's not like a Vince McMahon impression that I'm that I'm practiced at all or done anything with. I have zero pride in that. I'm just saying. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was telling him on the side, like, "Yo, man, good good job on that Twitter shit. You told the motherfucker her life." Just like, man, I, I just wish we can get fucking Trump on like a lie detector or some shit. Get him on some truth serum and have him just out there being like, yeah, man, I paid for, I mean, I'd say 60 abortions. Like, I, I just want him to say that and have it hit the ears of these fucking idiots out there and just watch their heads explode. I don't even know how they didn't see that coming, though. They're not very good at like seeing through the shit. You know what I mean? Like, like if I, like, I'm, animals are my thing. You know what I mean? So if I see a cat being mistreated, I see it real quick and go, fuck whoever's in charge of that. You know what I mean? That, that's some bullshit there. But you would think, like, if they're so pro-life and this and this, if they saw someone that just didn't fit the fucking profile, you know, like, this dude's been running around banging fucking this and that and hookers and strippers and porn stars and whatever he wants to get over the years. And he's been pretty open about it. And you look and you go, oh, this guy's like really super pro-life. Eh. I mean, look, I'll let him talk that shit, but I'm not going to pretend like he's the fucking the chairman of that foundation. But sure enough that they don't even see through that shit and they do. They're just like, yeah, he's the guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Selena Vega got fired from her WWE, from WWE for her OnlyFans, and people are crying about it. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, if I saw her, I wouldn't know her. If I, I mean, there, there's nothing about her that I, I don't know that this person exists. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, cool. ICW show review. I really don't have like a show review. Um, I watched like a few matches. Um, the first one I could definitely talk about is um, it was from like last week, I think. Was Dan Off versus 
fuck's this guy's name? Nolan Edwards. This kid is tough as fuck. Uh, Mop came in there. I mean, he's just he's just a gorilla, you know what I mean? And he came in there just beasted out, ready for fucking war. And it, this kid standing there like like he ain't scared of him and shit. You know, way smaller and all that. I guess his name's like No Flinch, Nolan Edward. And a dude's like whole gimmick is just like taking punishment and not being scared of shit. And he proved himself up in this fucking match. This shit was like, I watched this at least twice. Like this, this was some real shit, you know, and I'm not even into wrestling that like that anymore. So, you know, if I watched it more than once, I really felt that, um, you know, it was two, two guys that didn't line up size wise and all this, but Mop just beat the shit out of him. He was creative. He fucking threw him off the wall. He threw him out a fucking window. Um, the the strikes were crazy. Um, dude just kept disrespecting him and, and chopping him and telling him, you know, uh, give me more of that shit and all of this. Um, you know, and uh, it was wild, man. I, I really liked that. And I thought uh, this dude, he's a star as far as indies go for sure. And then, you know, beyond that, whatever I, I don't even know anymore as far as tv goes and what they want to use but um and then i saw another match with him uh last night and yeah i was i was 100 right on this dude um nolan edward versus akira akira reminds me of like a, a nick mondo and i think if this guy does it for long enough takes a couple big monumental bumps this dude could easily be better than mondo um you know, he's a crazy dude. His offense is pretty legit. You know, he's got a good little arsenal there. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, he's crazy as shit. He's willing to die out there, do a bunch of dumb shit. And, um, you know, Mondo did monumental shit. And because he did it at the time he did it, I really think that um, he solidified himself as like an untouchable legend because of, you know, the time period that he did what he did. But things have advanced so much now. Like, you know, how many guys did you get that were the level of, uh, you know, Kevin Durant back in the day NBA stuff? Now you're seeing, like, so many of these, like, top-level players. Athletes as a whole have really taken another step. I feel like there's a lot more of them. You know what I mean? Whether that be wrestlers, basketball players, you know, football it's just like a different level of athlete that we've, I guess, evolved towards, you know, the people that are in that range, there's a broader scope of them. So, um, Akira is one of those dudes that, you know, with the proper shine, the right matches that really spotlight his shit. And like I said, some big monumental spots. I think that's the one thing that really, really sticks out in Mondo's career that, um, you know, and I'm a big Mondo fan, but, you know, I was there live for a lot of that shit. And Mondo wasn't being, you know, the most incredible worker in the world or anything like that. His aura spoke for itself. You know, he really, um, you know, brought a lot to table the table with that, with like a character that just jumped off the page. So Akira needs to work on that. Maybe the samurai thing isn't, you know, jumping like that. But uh, I think his skill set, and his ability to do the deathmatch style and all that is there. So I I like the dude. Um, and then, 
the the dude who's Nolan Edwards. That guy's fucking tough. Um, definitely, obviously, want to see that dude up against Dickinson. You know, every time I see one of these tough guys, these guys who could do strong style shit and all that, I, you know, Ma Dickinson, those are the guys I want to see them, you know, run up against. And he, he proved he could hang against Moff, so I'm sure he could hang against Dickinson, and it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, why is ICW using people like Neil Cutter, Dale Patrick's? They're not the elite of death matches. Well, I mean, the, the thing it's Danny Damano does a lot of that oversaturation shit. That's you know I think who led. GCW down that path to kill deathmatch wrestling. Um, yeah, you do five deathmatches on a show. Where do you get the guys to do those five deathmatches? That was the other thing that really stood out back in the day for like a CZW is it was few and far between to get guys that would jump off a fucking balcony through some light tubes. Now, you know, you can find 25 guys that could do that. It, they're there were, you know, you just didn't find tons of guys back then. So when you had a guy that was, you know, uh, you know, Bailey was out mid south, you know, and then you had uh, Mondo over here. It was like, holy shit, you know, the two smaller guys that can move around and fly and and wrestle about the same kind of build. It, it was like dream match because, you know, that was not easy to find now you can find you know 15 guys with the same build that are willing to do tubes and shit so it's just gotten watered down a lot and um i think that's why like you just need guys like that and especially guys like that they're not getting paid a lot this fucking honey badger guy neil cutter who i had to like shake down for fucking to send the merch to jeremy when he ordered fucking merch for him yeah, you know, he's trying to support this fucking guy, and, and I and I had to fucking hit this guy up a couple times. The next thing you know, Jeremy finally gets his shit. It's just when people are operating like that, believe me, they're not they're they're not offering uh, or not asking a couple hundred dollars for a booking. They're probably working cheap. So a lot of times when you see just shit talent on the card, it's it's a cost effective move. Um, Dale Patrick's, I, I don't, I don't know. He's hit and miss. He's had his time where he, he's been pretty good. Then he got, you know, even fatter. He was in not too bad a shape, but at a certain point, Josh Crane was the one that seemingly was pregnant because uh, they were like inseparable for a bit. And Dale Patrick's was the one that I think could have toned himself up and, and done something, but he just leaned in the fat direction. Uh, I think he's got some old stupid-ass gimmick now or something. Last I saw, he had some kind of bullshit gimmick. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just space fillers. Uh, why does nobody use Masada? I don't know. Um, I think once he moved out to Texas, it became costly. Um, I know when I used, I used to talk to Masada a lot more than I do now, uh, like pretty regularly. We'd, we'd go back and forth, um, you know, on IM or whatever. But, um, yeah, ever since he's gotten out there and been doing the family life stuff, and honestly, he's just been seemingly in a better place other than, you know, voting for this jerk-off. Um, 
he, uh, you know, seemingly is in a way, way better place. So I don't think he's as angry or anything like that now, but I still do think, yeah, you're going to have to pay for the flight. You're going to have to pay for some kind of something. And it's not going to be cheap. His his booking is going to be a lot more than that fucking Neil Diamond Cutter shit. This guy's going to bleed. That guy's going to bleed. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Clearly, Masada is a way, way better worker. But now you got to figure out if you could justify the amount of pay. Not only that, but I don't know if they still have a, an issue or what the case is. But I know for a while, him and Dickinson couldn't be in the same fucking building. So if Dickinson's booked on a show, that might be off limits. If Dickinson's even remotely available, they might keep somebody off. They might keep him off a show. You know, I, I don't know. Um, this is just guesswork out of me because I, I really don't know why no one uses him. Um, obviously, he's, you know, legend in the business and, you know, one of the absolute best at working death matches and, and putting a story to it. And doing more than just moves into shit. Um, how's Marty Janetti not being investigated after admitting to murder? I don't fucking know. I, I just think anybody of any importance or authority stopped listening to that dude a long time ago. That's all. Uh, thoughts on shrimp? Are they the cockroaches of the sea? Well, they're um, shrimp are scavengers and they're definitely bottom feeders. Um, they're they call them like filter feeders where they kind of filter out the water, you know, and whatever kind of food particles are in there. They'll, they'll take that in as nutrition too. I think they're amazing. Um, mine actually died, but I had gotten two bamboo shrimp and they're cool as hell. They, they just, they look really cool in an aquarium. Um, they're really peaceful. Um, they have so many different types. The bamboo shrimp are a little bit bigger the other little shrimp are tiny. They're like like a grain of rice or a little bit bigger, like a cooked grain of rice. And um, they have all sorts of different colors. But these little motherfuckers will cost like 12 bucks a piece and shit like this. And when it's like the size of a grain of rice, man, like, look, you know, I got like the holes in my filter bigger than that. So, you know, you worry about losing them just through the filter or whatever else. And, you know, um, but the bamboo shrimp are a little bit bigger, but they're just real cool. Um, you know, in, in the aspect of being bottom feeders and, uh, scavengers and stuff like that, then, then sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you'd say cockroaches of the sea, but, um, you know, I mean, it's just, just the nature of how they feed. I mean, you could say the same for catfish, you know, only catfish get big enough to swallow, you know, fish and things of all sorts. Uh, depending on the catfish, of course. Um, are we heading towards a complete shutdown again? Absolutely. Of course. I mean, the thing is, is um, you know, they've talked a lot about, you know, oh, Biden's going to shut us down. This and this. Well, no, again, I think you really need to go back to the, the, the fact. And it's us. It's not Biden. It's not, you know. When the numbers are going through the fucking roof legitimately, then what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to just go like, all right, keep everything open. And we'll just keep leaning back into opening while hospitals fill up and death tolls rise and rise and rise until what? It's not just going to stop when we're tired of it. That's that's not we, we tried that. 
Everybody got tired of it. Everybody stopped caring. And the fucking numbers are going way up. And now, you know, we're, we're heading into a dangerous fucking time of year. If any time is best to lock down, in my opinion, winter's the time. Because there's a lot of shit that would be open outdoor-wise, seasonal businesses that are closed. So you benefit from some things that were already closed to begin with. People want to be inside more than ever now. So the outdoor dining type stuff is off the table. But, I mean, we know more now, too. That's the other thing. We know a lot more now than we knew when the whole thing popped off. So now I think we know we can do the curbside stuff. It's not as transmittable through items. So we're not, we don't need to go insane on hand sanitizer. We don't need to go crazy on, on gloves or this, or you know, it's person to person contact. So we use the social distancing, we use the masks and we use the fucking curbside pickups and, and, and things like that. And, and we handle this shit. The government also said, you know, you could talk about Biden locking down and this and this and this. They're, they're talking about being able to pass a bill that would cover Americans' wages, like straight up, just cover their wages for the month and a half or whatever time it would have to be locked down for. So there would be a lot more preparation for a time frame. You know, like there would be more of a system to what's going on than what went on the first time. Because what went on the first time was a lot of bullshit. You know, um, Mr. Not a Politician would get out there and go, it's not a real thing. It's just here to, uh, for the, the Chinese are, are doing this and uh, they're, they're lying to us and it's not a big deal. It's, it's, uh, it'll go away real quick. Okay. It didn't go away. Oh, it's getting worse. Oh, fuck. You know, we got to start locking shit down. All right, well, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, doesn't really matter. I, I prefer not to, but you can wear one if you're a bitch. You know, like, this is the way that the president acted. Uh, and then he goes, well, you know, the heat kills it, so summertime, it'll all be over. He didn't know that, but he just put that shit out there. And now everyone's riled up going, why the fuck can't we reopen if it's supposed to be gone real soon? And he said it's not even a big deal, and they wear the mask and don't wear the mask. And then he fucking got it, and he got better, but he got fucking antibody cocktails that are fucking not regularly available to the public you know what i mean like th th there's a lot of shit that happens for him that doesn't happen for you but instead of like saying that hey i'm working really hard to get the same treatment that i got available for every american citizen he goes like yeah it's no big deal just go out there do your thing fuck fuck the dems you know, like this is the type of bullshit he spreads. So if President Biden, I already like the way that that shit sounds. He goes out there and he goes, we're going to lock down. He can put a definite plan in order. Here's what we need to do. No questions asked. Whether you agree with it or not, this is the plan. Not, you know, you make your own decision. Hey, I'll let the governors handle it. That's the other thing he did. He went like, hey, I don't want to put any guidelines down let each governor handle it and then he turned against the governors and started saying stop imprisoning your people oh, hey i'm the president I, I want your people to be free so he created again more fucking division more anger turning the citizens against their own fucking government 
it was never about Democrat, Republican, any of that. It was about him. But you motherfuckers are too stupid to see that shit. And and that's that's kind of the way you're riding too. You're all about him. Trump, 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 Trump. You know, like dude, Jesus didn't send Trump, you fucking morons. Stop it. Um so again, I feel way more confident about any more shutdown, any anything. Um because I feel like it's going to be handled in a, in a more professional manner. I just, I just do. Um, uh, if I could choose three things I'd want to get for Christmas, what would I want? I don't know, man. Um, it's tough to say, man. I got like such shit on the horizon. This, this year is going to be very fucking different, very very special. Um, you know, I I'll get into more detail about what's going on with me over here because I got you know a lot going on, shaking up around the house. Um, my mother is getting her own place and moving out um, within the next few weeks, I would think, um, which is very big. And, um, you know, we're completely taking over and, uh, you know, we get to really change this house the way that I've wanted to for pretty much my entire life and certainly my entire adult life. And the amount of things that we could do here that I've been held back from doing, um, for a lot of years is just going to be incredible. This is, this is me really aligning and setting up my future the way that I, I would always hope or dream of it being. And all, you know, my hard work will go towards paying for exactly what our living space is supposed to be. Um, and just just so much more comfortable. And, and again, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on this all as it transpires because it's coming quick. Um, she, uh, I think, closed closed or closed yeah she closed on a house but then like had repairs to be done so she i think she gets the keys like early to next week and then from there we'll see you know the moving and all that goes but anyway um so christmas wise like christmas is going to be so different this year and it's going to have such a different vibe and um i'm really looking forward to it i don't even know like items i, I don't really i don't really care about it like that um, I don't know. Uh, Undertaker retires this weekend. Do I give two fucks? Maybe one, none, none, none. I, I thought he retired fucking three years ago. I, I, I have no idea that he still wrestled. Um, how are the Indies making money? GCW, ICW pulling 50 people per show. I don't know. Um, I, I can't imagine. I mean, like IWTV, like. That ain't, no, no fucking way is that paying anything to them. And people are watching live through there and rewatching their, uh, you know, their streams or whatever the fuck afterwards. I can't imagine they're making any money off of that. I don't know if all their money's coming off of those fucking live raffle things. Um, what do they call those? Fucking auctions? Where he sits there with a cardboard cutout of Joe Gacy's girlfriend thinks about what it'd be like to, to beat her like he beats other women. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's where he gets his money. I don't, I don't, I don't know what goes on there. Um, 
heard from another promoter that if you run with more than 25 people in a building in New Jersey, it's a $10,000 fine. Tremont, Tremont ran two weeks ago with 150 people. How's that not fucked up? I mean, it is fucked up, but I mean, what do you, what do you expect? I just think overall it's extremely irresponsible to be running independent wrestling shows when pandemic numbers are through the fucking roof. When there you can't have 25 people in your house and you're running wrestling shows with 25 plus people in the locker room plus, you know, 25, 50 people out in the crowd that you're trying to kind of keep apart with masks on, but they're yelling at the wrestlers and like they're on video pulling them down and up and down and the wrestlers wear them out to the fucking ring and then immediately get directly in another man's face that was in some other part of the country. Like no fucking part of this is safe. Like no part of professional wrestling during a pandemic is okay. This is not something you can socially distance from. This is not something you can safely do. Like you saw Tony Depping got the shit, uh, you know, and his, his pregnant wife got the shit. Like it's just, it's just an asinine thing to, to do, you know, amongst the current conditions of things. It, it doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. I don't understand where the money is. I, I got to think this is just like a, for the love of it, man, we got to get back to it no matter what. Like, that that's what I feel like it's got to be because I, I, I don't know. Like, nothing else about it, if, you, if we're talking legitimate, what makes sense, what, you know, what's feasible, what's safe, you know. I've always noticed in life, if you can get three to four people to agree with you, I don't care how wrong you are, you could just make everybody else who approaches you with logic look like an asshole. You could just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You look around at each other and you'd be like, right, what the fuck is he talking about? We don't need to breathe air, you fuck. There, there's five people here who says that we don't need to breathe air. Why are you fucking... What is this oxygen shit you're talking about? Go fuck yourself. You're an asshole. Uh, this guy's one of those air guys. Yeah, and you walk away like, I don't even know what the fuck just happened, but these motherfuckers are convinced on some bullshit. And, and I just think that's what it is in, in so many situations. Like, it, it covers a lot of fucking ground. You can see with the Trump shit. You can see with the wrestling shit. You can see with just just so many different scenarios that you see that that's all it is, is you get enough people... I've noticed this in like the work environment too. Um, you can get a bunch of new employees and they don't know shit. But as long as they start telling each other that the jobs they're doing is perfect and no one can tell them nothing. Even if you get the guy, you know, who's been there for two decades to go like, no, you should really be like this. You know, it's, uh, it falls on deaf ears. Because they've already agreed with each other that no, that's that's not what we need to be doing. We're good. Yeah, just just dumb shit like that. Um, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero AEW towel. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. They gotta be just like trolling. But it's like one's like sixty years old, and the other one's got a dick. And, and like the, the two of them are on a towel, like they're like Sports Illustrated swimsuit models and shit. Who the fuck is drying themselves off with that? Who who's fucking laying on the beach with that shit? 
doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Just I I don't. Who's paying for that? I, you guys are trolling. That that's what it's got to be. Alex Zane gets signed to WWE. This doesn't surprise me at all. And uh, boy, Joey Numbers from uh, Wrestling Soup hit me up. And he, he just, dude, you know, he caught a buzz within a pretty short amount of time. And, you know, he used to be, I mean, you could be AJ Styles and, and work for fucking five, ten years and be really fucking good. And back in the day, Vince would be like, I don't know, uh, maybe I'll give you a dark match and let a guy squash you or something. Now you get a guy who, who blows up on a few indie shows and they're like, we're watching. Yeah, <laughs> we're listening. What do you got? You know, um, but the climate has changed as far as, you know, their scope and who they're looking at and this and that. But the amount of people to me, the amount of people who've gotten hired just for flipping ability over the years. This guy has every bit of that and more. Um, maybe he's not, you know, the most technically sound wrestler. But what what a better environment to learn that shit than, you know, the NXT spot, you know, to work around those guys and everything. Because this dude's flipping ability is from another planet. Like, I, he, he does, like, fucking full flips over a fucking car. Like, I've seen that shit. You, so, you know, like, you know, WWE pay-per-view, fucking, you know... Four man money in the bank fucking ladder match whatever they're on the outside of the ring they got no mercy this guy this guy does the running fucking flip over the fucking car the crowd goes nuts WWE is all right with guys who do these like kind of tricks like what's stopping him from being like the next Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy caught a buzz and everything like that but I mean was Jeff Hardy always amazing I mean half the time he was blasted. And he was willing to dive off his shit, and that's what kept his shit going. But, again, you got a guy who could do double the amount of rotations on his flips. Crisp. You know, kind of got the same fucking look, too. I'm sure it's somewhat inspired by that. And never mind all that Taco Bell gimmick shit. That, that all goes in the fucking garbage. You know, unless WWE gets a sponsorship, then it's like a legitimate gimmick where, like, he, he's fucking making a lot of money off of that sponsorship. So... It's either gone and who cares, or he'll actually make crazy money off of that very same fucking gimmick. Um, which more likely it's just gone. Um, but yeah, I, I think they could use this guy all day in some of these, you know, money in the bank matches, fucking NXT, you know, whatever matches. So, I mean, good for him. I mean, he's definitely got something that, that jumps out. He's not just like everybody else. That's for sure. He does some really amazing shit out there. Every time this dude jumps, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's about to do, but it's it's going to be crazy. You know? And um, so, yeah. Um, Frankie Picard gets stabbed. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like anything about this. Um, he posted a picture of, and it's like a side-by-side picture, and it says some shit like, I was defending my daughter... Uh, she was in an, uh, an abusive relationship and I got stabbed and she got sliced up or some sh- I forget how he posted it but like her fucking arm is like filleted open like disgusting like 
wide the fuck open. Like, insane fucking wound. He's got, like, one stab wound on the back, like, of his shoulder and, and you know, all this, like, up around, like, the, the back, upper back. And her fucking, like, whole bicep area looks like it was just wide, the blade wide the fuck open. I So, a couple things here. I don't like the fact that he's putting his shit online like that because I, you know, I have three daughters. I can't imagine one of them having a horrible injury, let alone an assault by another person. And me posting a graphic injury of one of my daughter's injuries on, on the Instagram. You know what I mean? Just to, you know, I know I was defending my, uh, if you were defending and that happened, then you weren't doing a fucking fantastic job. I could tell you that much. Um, second off, I, I can't help but fucking go back to the, the, the reality of this situation. This is a dude with fucking eight kids. Now, I remember years ago, a couple years ago, I think now, um, he was like in dojo. And I think he was still like a student there, but he had started to work shows or whatever. And I had heard that his daughter, and I don't know if this is the same daughter or what, was a victim of sexual assault. And at the time, I was like, wow, that's terrible. You know, and, I, you know, I, well, what else am I going to tell you? But now now let's put this all together. It's either the same daughter or another daughter. So now you got two daughters. The one got stabbed, fucking whole arm sliced up. Another one was sexually assaulted years ago. Well, when you're a father of eight kids and you found time in your life to do this little hobby indie wrestling bullshit, what, what the fuck do you think's going on? You don't think you're dropping the ball at all? Like, where do you have any time to do this? How are you not just full time? I have three kids and like, to, I work six days a week. I work six days a week. I've been there for 19 fucking years. I can't, there's no way eight kids would be a possibility within what I'm getting paid. I can't imagine Frankie having any kind of above and beyond skill where he's getting fucking paid a bunch of money. He's definitely working less than six days a week. So even to say that he's working five, which I've seen no evidence of him working at all. But, I mean, he very well could be. I don't know this fucking guy. But this guy's got eight fucking... There's no way all those the baby mamas are holding him up for fucking child support because there's no way he could pay that shit. But when you have eight kids, you have to spread attention out to all of those kids. you got to find you know, red flags. You got to see, you know, something going off, something going, you know, in the wrong direction. And you got to try to correct that. You got to try to guide them. You got to try to teach them. You got to try to fucking um, enrich their their lives and, and put some substance there and allow them to, to build, you know, a respectable woman that they're going to take out into the world. And out of Frankie, all I see is cosplaying and fucking crimes that are coming out of his family. Now, obviously, they're the victim of these crimes. But time and time again, now, again, put it in a situation where, like, imagine that you're, you're born in, like, a, um, you know, like a poor community or even um, middle class. You're definitely never getting above that middle class or that low class with eight kids you're lucky you keep the fucking lights on people got new clothes every year you know for school and and people are eating and everything's good and everybody's healthy if you you got that going with eight kids you're successful at that point 
but you're definitely not going to be advancing. There's not going to be any upgrades going on in their lives. Their whole childhood is going to be what they were born at at best and never get any better. And it's just going to be that. And at that point, you're painting a life for them and a future for them where they, they really got to take it like their own personal responsibility to lock down in school, do their thing and then get into a college and get the fuck away from their family. Cause if they stay exactly where they're at, there is no advancement. There is no upgrading. It, it just, you're locked into this fucking thing. You, you can't, you can't do any better by that. But th- this is a system that the parents selfishly got them into by continuing to just, just blast off and chicks, you know, and, and, just keep having them fucking kids and just being like, I, I dress like Spider-Man sometimes. You won't see that. I don't got abs like them, but hey, I got five different suits. Where the fuck do you have money to be buying Spider-Man suits with eight fucking kids? You're a grown man in a Spider-Man suit with a cigarette gimmick. What, what in the motherfuck? And, and now your kids are running around getting stabbed and shit. You're an embarrassment. You're a fucking embarrassment. I feel really bad for your kids. Really fucking bad for your kids to have to go through the shit that your parenting fucking lays the groundwork for. You laid the fucking blueprint for shit to happen to your kids like that. It's disgusting, man. And this is what it is. I can't see it any other way. I can't can't see it as like, oh, this guy's doing his best and... He, he works really hard, and it's such a shame that despite his best efforts, this happens to his family. Bullshit, that's not his life. This dude's still running around with little wrestling hobbies and dressing up like Spider-Man and smoking cigarettes as a gimmick. And, you know, you, you look at his Instagram. You look at his whatever the fuck he puts out there. Shit's retarded. He, he looks like he's like a 15-year-old kid. And, and and there's eight fucking children that are looking up to this dude, looking for answers at real life shit. And hey, man, I'm sure the kids love dressing up like Spider-Man with you and, and, and whatever characters you guys fucking come up with and, and you guys dress up. I'm sure that brings smiles to their face. I'm sure they have a good time with all that. But when it comes down to the real life shit that you come up short on on a regular basis financially and, and time spent and... You know, again, like really instilling some kind of values and respect and, and and structure into their lives. Like, well, you know, I'm sure that leaves something to be desired. It's just fucked up. You know what I mean, um, so, yeah, that's that's um topic Shaheen gave me there. Um, go into Jesus um, <laughs> wants me to get at. Um, <laughs> adults with no kids that go to Disney. I mean, <laughs> I know where he's going with this, man. Like, I see a couple of fucking things that Jesus talks about, and then I know one person that this all applies to. So <laughs> I already, I already know where he's going. But um, adults and their ridiculous love for PS Five nonsense. Uh, could think of several things to spend money on instead of the game system. All right, so. For me, like, I, I'm not a gamer anymore. Like, I got a PS4, 
Um, I'll get a PS5, but it's going to be probably like at least six months just because I don't, I'm not on the games like that. Shit got too fucking difficult. Like, I can't play these motherfuckers. It's like, it's like trying to tell me to like, you know, reprogram a computer and this and this. And I still got to send my computer out. I, I got a box and I unplugged it and it's on my floor and I got to hopefully send it to Ruckus this week so I can get the shit fixed. But um, I, I can't, I can't manage these games. They're too fucking difficult. The graphics are beautiful and all this, but like, I don't have that type of time to invest into that shit. Um, I've never been down on day one drops because you don't have to be a fucking genius after 12 systems have come out and you've watched the first batch of them have ma- um, just malfunctioning shit, broken shit, recalled shit. Motherfuckers are exercising warranties left and right within the first six months of a system being out. But motherfuckers are in line and reserving and this and this. And then it comes out and there's like four games. And, you know, I, again, I'm picky. I'm all about Madden. Madden is going to be like a forever thing for me as far as I'm concerned. But Madden, you know, they come out with the Madden in um, the Madden uh, in August, usually. Like right before the football season. So when a new system comes out in like November, December for the Christmas drop, they're not going to put out like a perfect Madden that was created for that system. They'll do some like polishing and upgrading on the graphics to fit the new system and re-release the same one that's come out just that past August. The following year, they'll design you know, a graphics model and all that shit that'll be ready for that new, that new level system. So it's not like until that following August that you'll get that dope, dope Madden. So that's, I give a fuck about that more than anything. I like fighting games. I've always liked like Tekken, um, Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is my shit. Um, you know, shit like that. Maybe a little Mortal Kombat, maybe a little Street Fighter. Um, I'm not like the best ever at either one of those, but, um, but you know, shit like that. And, and more and more, like I, I'll, I'll try something. I think that I would really like, and it's just hard as fuck, man. Like, so, uh, and I, I'm just not looking to put in fucking, you know, 80 hours a week on this shit. I don't have 80 hours. I just don't, I don't have it like that. So I try to spread myself out and do a whole bunch of different things and, just that's too much time that i need for that thing in order for me to be good at it so um yeah it, it's just dummy shit and i yeah i get it i think it's funny he posted some shit earlier and he's like uh motherfuckers are posting with this ps5 like they just bought a new house <laughs> i cracked the fuck up at that one that's funny because it, it's true like they're, they're like straddling this motherfucker like <laughs> it's it's wild um people are acting like way way excited um, but yeah, I mean, I, all the next gen systems are pretty cool and shit. It's just, like I said, it's, it's kind of passed me by as far as, you know, appealing to me like that. And early drops would just, just fucking break anyway. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the Disney shit, man, you should just be fucking bathing in that right now because these motherfuckers are going through withdrawals with the fucking COVID. 
they they don't have any fucking Disney wiggle room right now at all. So that that's uh, this is like an ongoing holiday for you. Those adults just squirming, missing that Disney time. Right, let me clarify this. Um, so I told you guys like for a long time now, like I've just fallen out of love with wrestling. Like the the the, the thing as a whole. Like I I started to get bored with lots of it. And I mean, like, even the fine points of wrestling, like, a match starts, they're going to do this fucking standoff, run off the ropes, fucking leapfrog, drop down, the, you know, shoulder tackle. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't, what, what am I going to do with that? At this point, after fucking this many years and decades of watching wrestling, what the fuck am I going to do with that? You know, you guys get mad at the, the fan that goes like, you're not that good at wrestling, but if everyone's going to do the same fucking sequence over and over and over and over, we have something to compare it to. So that's where you go like, oh, your uh, your shoulder tackle is garbage. And they're like, who the fuck are you to say? Well, I don't know. I've seen 8 million of them because everyone does this shit. Like, I don't care about that. I, I, I stopped caring about the build of a match. I stopped caring about these stall moments where they're fucking holding the headlock for fucking it. And then, Playing up to the crowd. Oh, you wish I'd do something you like, right? Yeah, go fuck yourself. And it, like, I don't even want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just not looking to see that. Um, death matches for a while was cool, but again, GCW burnt that shit out. They made it so like now it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anymore. You know, the the, the pain does not transfer in the selling. It doesn't transfer in the amount of matches on top of matches on top of matches. Like, you even look like last night, fucking uh, John Wayne Murdoch had this big stupid match with somebody. Who the fuck was he wrestling? Uh, I don't even remember. He was wrestling somebody. Crazy fucking blood fest, all of this. And then uh, tonight he's wrestling a one-hour death match with uh, Orin Vite. One-hour fucking death match. So, you know then nothing they did last night means shit. And this dude had to fucking, like, duct tape his whore in fucking blood. He got a big-ass cut some fucking where. And they had to really fucking tape that shit up so he could even finish that match. And then and the next day, he's just doing a fucking one-hour death match. So the match that he got cut that bad on his fucking arm after tomorrow, or after tonight, won't even matter. Won't even count. No one will fucking talk about that match. At best, it'll be a footnote to the match that's happening tonight. They'll be like, and he did that when he got cut real bad the night before. No one's going back and watching that fucking match. It's just, you know, they shit in their own fucking mouths. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but as far as uh, ICW, um, no, it's tough because Danny DeMano to me is, is a shithead. Like, he's just, you know... He beats fucking women. Yeah, everybody's seen the police record on there that fucking Brett's ex-girlfriend or whoever the fuck put up on the Instagram. And you see his mugshot and all this, and you see her face all bruised the fuck up. And Danny's arrest mugshot. So he's another one of these woman-beating cocksuckers. Um, you know, and I had my own fucking, you know, issues with him and stuff. So, you know, clearly we didn't see eye to eye, and we're not good. But the fact of the matter is Danny DeMano was a fan of wrestling and independent wrestling in the same time that I was. And he was a part of it. He, he was right in the mix 
amongst early 2000s Jersey All-Pro, early 2000s CZW, even if he wasn't actively working in CZW early, early 2000s, he was aware of it. He was seeing it. He was seeing what was going on. You know, and, and then you see all the other things that the, the Ring of Honor popped up, the this, that popped up. So he had been a fan of the independent wrestling that we've been a fan of. So when he's delivering a product, he's putting out a lot of the shit that we liked on the Northeast. So he's putting that hard-hitting wrestling out there. He's putting those death matches on there. Um, again, he, he's too stupid to know his own fucking, for his own good, that you need to put in only a certain amount of these death matches or you burn them out. He doesn't understand that, and he never will. So uh, that's why they're burning them out. Um, like I said, that that um, fucking Akira and uh, Nolan Edward match that was fucking great. I, I stopped caring after that. That um, Atticus Kogar and somebody. And another somebody and somebody, uh, John Wayne Murdoch and, and Alex Ocean, I think it was. And then the, the final was uh, uh, Schlack, and, and I love Schlack, but Schlack and uh, the, the Neil Diamond cut. I didn't give a fuck about any of that. I saw the death match I wanted to fucking see with these two, kicking the shit out of each other, getting really physically aggressive, putting himself through a couple weapons here and there, doing the fucking thing. And now I'm like, cool. And then the next match is like, you want some more of that? Like, how many matches on one card do you need to see someone use a fucking uh, um, gusset plate? You, you got fucking three matches where people are smacking gusset plates into their foreheads. You guys are really still marking out for that shit on match three? Because I'm not. You understand, like, this is this is the type of shit I've been talking about. When fucking uh masada and danny havoc did the gusted plate shit for the first fucking time in czw it was some mind-blowing shit you got fucking hit in the arm with that shit like a baseball bat he broke off the piece of that uh that gusset plate board and smacked them with it and the fucking blood just like poured out of there like a faucet i never saw anything like that i was right there front row watching and that shit was amazing that was some shit we never saw before I wouldn't have popped like that for that fucking move or, or that fucking spot or that, that stipulation if they had three other matches on that same show doing it. I mean, you know, the, they've said, you know, less is more. That That's what this is. You know? Um, keep the violence high. Keep the violence fucking high. But the, like that, that hard-hitting fucking kick each other's fucking ass matches flood the show with those because you have different personalities, different move sets, different strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, these guys are going to fucking do their thing and that's going to appeal to a lot of people. But when you're dealing with the same fucking weapon, the same plunder that's supposed to get a reaction and no longer is because you fucking killed it, you killed it. And then the wrestlers are out there cutting themselves with it to show everybody how badass they are. Sorry. Now, now your finisher is garbage. Because you, you cut yourself 12 times with this fucking thing. Show me that it doesn't hurt that bad. So now when you hit a big finish through it, I'm like, eh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it hurt, but you show me that it's going to be all right. You know? It's just, they killed it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so that's, uh, you know, 
part of my issues with that. As far as my love for our ICW, I, I think that, that's a that that's um probably exaggerating, probably definitely exaggerating. Um, I like the fact that they put on these um pit fighter things and the 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 no holds barred things. I like both of these gimmicks, and again because I've gotten so cold to fucking wrestling. I don't need to see you bounce off the fucking ropes a bunch of times anymore. I, I don't need to see you fucking run the ropes and do this and play the ring like it's, you know. I, I, I've seen all that. I'm good. It's all right. You know? So this is where, like, they're almost forced to just stand and fucking beat the shit out of each other if that's going to be a thing. So just by a, by their system, by their structure they're more likely to have the type of matches that I like based on that. And based on Damano being a fan of that strong style stuff. So those are the things that attract me to that more. It's on IWTV, which I can easily just turn on and fucking watch any given night, watch it live or catch it the next day. Makes it super easy for me to catch. So I've found more things within ICW that caters to what I'm looking for because there's, a very small amount out there that fits what I'm looking for. Um, so that that's the reason why I've, I've taken to that product more so because there is, you know, so much more of that hard hitting shit, Dickinson, Moff, you know, those type of guys, you know, I, I can watch that and the occasional death match. But I'll pull one off the show that I care about, and that's all I need, and I'm, I'm all done. Like, I don't need to see the other four on that show. I'm not even interested. People are doing, like, they're, they're bleeding all over the fucking place, popping giant holes in their fucking bodies, and I'm like, eh. You know, but that, that again, like, that's not my fault as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, Trump kicking and screaming. Yeah, we, you know, we covered that. Um uh, he asked me, did science diet change their adult? I saw the last question too, and I will get to that, but I want to close with that. Uh, did science diet change their adult cat food? Uh, I bought a new bag this week and it's small now, possibly. Um, a lot of cat food companies will do that and they try to change shapes and sizes just to try to appeal to, you know, consumers and catch someone's eye and Hey, this is a new thing, but it's, you know, same formula. Um, I use the, I think it's like healthy advantage or something. It covers a lot of bases. I get it through the vet and it's, it's a science diet food. It's a Hill science diet food, but it's like a couple different prescription diets all wrapped in one. So if you got guys that, you know, could use help in the sensitive stomach department, you got that, you got this and it's a bigger kibble too. So it does work like an oral care. So, um, so, yeah, that, that's what I've been doing. But I don't know, like, what the regular science diet's currently looking like because I haven't used that specific one in a minute. But great food, either way. I, I still use the, the same company. It's just, a, like, a different variation of it. Um, Chiefs holding it down in the NFL. Man, the NFL's fucking killing me this year. It's, uh, I'm still absolutely loving watching it because it's just, it's just fucking beautiful. I, I just love football. Um but man, my team has been just annihilated um, by injuries, and uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be rough. We're playing the fucking Saints. Uh, they're coming off of just beating the shit out of Brady and the uh, the Bucks over there. 
and we just gave them Quan Alexander. We gave them Emmanuel Sanders in the beginning of the year. So we got two guys with fucking revenge on the mind. <laughs> and uh, now all of our guys injured. So it should be a lot of fun. Chiefs, man, uh, they're they're doing pretty fucking well. Um, Patrick Mahomes is is next level. I mean, he, he's been that since he was drafted, and you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the greatest ever. I mean, he's his ability is just really incredible. I mean, you, you watch what he does, and he scrambles, and then just throws a ball eighty yards down the field, and it's right on the money. He's a lot of fun to watch. So, um, yeah, I mean, good for them. You know, if it ain't my guys winning and stuff, hey, Chiefs, go grab another one. You know what I mean? I, the last thing I want is, and I've never been a Brady hater, but I am definitely anti-fucking Bucks this year. Um, not in a way where I won't give them credit where it's due. I, I, you know, I have a bet on them for tomorrow and everything. I'm pulling for them to fucking bounce back, beat the Panthers, all this. You know. I just don't like the fact that all the analysts just crowned them champions before the fucking season even started, just because they got Brady and Gronk. And that's not fucking fair. You know, clearly our guys got just destroyed by injuries, but you just said that like the defending NFC champions didn't stand a chance because Brady just moved to Tampa Bay. And I just think that's fucking gross. I, I think that's fucked up to just discredit the entire NFC based on one guy who wasn't in the fucking Super Bowl last year being in the fucking NFC as if the rest of the Patriots organization was the big problem, not, you know, not, not fucking other pieces of that. It's just fucking crazy. So I, I definitely hope they lose in the playoffs, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I have high hopes for my guys to be back next year with a vengeance um, if we get the crew that we have back healthy, I have a bad feeling that, uh, Jimmy G may have played the last games he's played for the Niners, even though, uh, he does, he didn't need surgery. So I think he might be available to come back towards the end of the season or early playoffs. If somehow we squeak into that, um, they've expanded the playoffs to seven teams and they said, if they have to cancel any games, they're expanding it to eight. So, like, some garbage teams are going to get in there. So if we pull, like, three more wins or something, we'll somehow be in the running for, you know, a, a wild card spot, which we by no means deserve. But nobody in the NFC East um, belongs in the playoffs either. So fuck it, you know. Um, and that doesn't say that I think that we have a chance come playoff time because we have just too many injuries, too many, like, full-season injuries, uh, up and down injuries. We, we just got it all. And, um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, good for the chief. Um, when people talk about Alex Cologne being the best with light tubes on the scene, does it have a different meaning to you? No, not at all. I I'd agree. I'd say Alex Cologne is one of the best death match wrestlers in the business right now, hands down because he can work, he can work as a wrestler. He can work as a fast-paced, innovative wrestler that hits moves pretty fucking crisp. So now you add the plunder to that, and he has the lack of fear that you need to do the moves right. Because I've noticed with a lot of guys in deathmatch wrestling over years of being a fan, a lot of guys will hesitate on moves. 
you know, they, they know some sharp shit is down there. So now they're not taking that power bomb the same way they would take a regular power bomb. And it comes across like real. You can see it right away. You're like, eh, all right. That was kind of crazy. But, you know, you see a motherfucker take like this crazy snap power bomb and there's a fucking light tubes under it. You're like, oh, fuck. You know, that that really it makes a big difference if you commit to the shit you're doing. And I feel like Alex has always done that. Look, you know. I, I think he was extremely unprofessional and a dickhead for the way that he handled, you know, what went on with me. But I've never taken anything away from his ability as a wrestler and as a deathmatch wrestler. So, um, no, I mean, he, he deserves the praise he gets for what he does in the ring. No question about it. Uh, do I see another shutdown? Uh, yeah. I, I, like I said before, uh, I talked about it. I, I think I covered pretty much all the angles of that that I think. Um so there's that. And then um, let me see if I covered everything. Um, I think I covered everything except for um, the one question I skipped over because I just feel like I, I'd rather close with that. Um, he asked, am I replacing the babies I lost recently? Um, so this this week I lost montana uh, montana came into the shelter about six years ago and um he was a front declawed bengal and he was thrown outside just abandoned um you know people are fucking cruel and i've said a lot of times when it comes to the declawing it's completely barbaric savage fucking behavior it's an elective surgery that they cut off the fingers at the first knuckle and then you walk on those fingers for the rest of your fucking life um, a lot of cats develop arthritis. Montana, from the start, he had a botched declaw where his bones were really misshapen in there. And um, he had arthritis from the start with us, you know. So when we got him, we already knew, like, when it rained, like, he'd do a little limp into his walk. And, um, you know, he, he came into the shelter. He was a very vocal guy, all that. Um, like I said, um, front declawed. And I was fascinated by the Bengal breed. You know, it was always one of those things that I wanted. And I, I don't go through breeders or anything like that. I, I don't think I'll ever do that. Um, the only exception to that probably would be either a pure, pure Maine Coon. And they're like very big cats. Everybody thinks, you know, every long-haired cat's a Maine Coon. But realistically, that's not even remotely close to true. I've seen three actual Maine Coons since I've worked there and that's 19 years. So that should tell you, you know, how much more rare that actual Maine Coons are as opposed to how often people say, Oh, I got a Maine Coon. My friend's got a Maine Coon. I see a Maine Coon. Like it's, they're big, big bodied cats. They're tall and long. They have very impressive size to them. When you see them, you're just like, Whoa, that's, that's a big ass cat. Like not just fluffy. Um, a lot of these fluffy cats are domestic long hairs, but if you trace back like their lineage or, or you, you, if you attached it to a breed of one or another, I think more than not, you'd, you'd reach a lot more Norwegian forest cats than you did Maine Coons. Um, so when you talk about the long hair mixes and this and that, look at the structure of like a Norwegian forest cat and look at the structure of a Maine Coon and then tell me how many of the long hair cats you've seen resemble more of a Maine Coon than they do a Norwegian forest cat. And again, we're talking mixes. 
Um, cause it's just not that often that you see the, the pure, pure side of that job, but like the shelter, but that, uh, I've always liked Sphinx. I've always thought that they're super fucking cool. I've only seen one of those pop into the shelter because he escaped overnight. The owner came in frantic in the morning. I've always thought they were really cool. So like if, if I ever decided to get one of those, I may have to go through a breeder for that, but it's, it's not on my like priority list. It's not like the cat I must always have, you know? Um, so the Bengal breed, it, it was very attractive to me. And when I saw him and, you know, what he'd been through and everything, I decided to take him on. And, you know, we took him home and immediately started to realize the things that come with the Bengal breed. This guy, um, he ripped through uh, um, steak packages. Um, if you went shopping and you came home with 85 bags, and that's exaggerating, but uh, you came home with 20 bags, he'd find the one bag with the meat in it within seconds. And if you didn't get that shit under control, you stepped out of the room or something, he would chew right through that plastic fucking wrapping. He'd eat like the corner of the fucking styrofoam that the meat was sitting on. Like this dude would just fucking, he would, he would get into that fucking package with, without fail. Like that dude was, he, he was on point with that shit. Um, and you know, you open the fridge if he was in the room, he might come running across the room and just leap into the fridge and start looking around. Like <laughs> this dude was something else. You know, he, he would get involved with any kind of fucking food situation. Um, the, the, he was, he was trouble. You know, he, he was always extremely vocal. He would just yell for no, for no reason. He just walk around talking, yelling and shit. Um, Bengals a lot of times have irritable bowel syndrome, so that was something that he definitely got. Um, and you know, managing that over the years, we did everything from the Royal Canin Bengal formula to the um, you know science diet IDs and the. Um, I mean, we tried probably six different foods. Um, we ended up with the like I said the um, science diet, uh, healthy advantage or whatever it is, seemed to really balance his problems out as well as everybody else. And, uh, that seemed to work for him pretty well, but you know, through time with his stomach and dealing with that, uh, he also has a thyroid issue. So he was on medication for that. Um, his irritable bowel syndrome, you know, caused him to need prednisone at some times, um, which in turn could have done damage to his kidneys. Um, in the long run, he wound up with failing kidneys. And uh, we kept him going for a while. We switched him to, you know, kidney diet. We, I mean, did everything we possibly could. And it just, it just continued to take a toll on him. You know, he, he sat on my lap, curled up, chilling on my lap while I lost all my fucking parlays last Sunday, watching football all, all day. He was, he was curled up on my lap, you know, but he was, he was bones, you know, he, he couldn't keep the weight. You know, the kidney disease was just destroying him. So even though he was eating, he just wasn't retaining it. And, you know, we had him back on the Pred because the vet wanted to put him on Pred because a lot of times that um, will extend their life if there's something, you know, un uncurable and you're just trying to keep them comfortable. A lot of times that's that's a good route to go to to kind of get some extra time out of your, your animal. And, um, you know, everybody 
we're able to spend, you know, that extra time with them. And, you know, it's unfortunately it was his time. So we had to part with him this past week. So rest in peace to Montana. Um, it, it's difficult. You know, I take it all very seriously. This is, um, the, these animals are family to me. You know, it's like, I, especially me, because I, I work with all the cats I work with. I, I have a hundred cats in my, right at my fingertips at all times. So to pick a cat out of that group of cats to add to my own crew, that's, you know, you suddenly enter a whole new realm of, of my cat caretaking. You're now, you're now one of my family, you know, so I don't. You know, I, I go to work and I go to care for these other animals, but I know all day long there's nothing that can happen in your world because you're safe with us. You know, there's there's nothing, there's no wild turns that could happen in my job. There's nobody, you know, that years later could be returning this cat that I took care of. It's it's a wrap. Like, you're you're just okay. You know, everything's good. So it's... You know, it, it takes a toll on you when you when you lose one of them, for sure. Um, as I mentioned before, um, I have big changes coming in my household. And um, we got a lot of bedrooms to move around. Um, once my mother moves out, um, my twins will move over to her room. They'll be getting, they have bunk beds now. They'll be getting separate beds. Crystal's already decided that drawn a line down the middle of the room and she's going to keep her side of the room pristine. Whatever Jada does is kind of on her. <laughs> she's, she's very, uh, gung ho about this whole thing. And, uh, she's, she's ready to kick ass in there. Um, and then, uh, Mary Jane's going to move over to where the twins were and Kelsey's going to move into Mary Jane's room. And, um, yeah, so a lot of changes are going to go on when, when those shifts are done, I have plans to take home two two more cats of my own, and Kelsey's going to take one for her, um, which will bring my number up to nine. Um, before I lost Montana, I was at eight, so it's not nine sounds insane to someone who just you know has one cat or you know hasn't seen something like that before, or whatever. But um, you know, I, I take care of easily fifty cats at work. You know, we have well over 100 in the building, but I'm responsible for at least 50 myself, as well as watching over the whole, you know, camp. So at my house, I have um, I, I manage things that a lot of people probably wouldn't want to or wouldn't be able to. Um, of course, if you, you know, dedicated yourself to it and came up with a system. But, you know, like I got my youngsters have to stay in the room during the day because leo hates the dog so the three of them stay in here dogs out there with the senior citizen cats dogs not so good with the cats either but as long as there's no food around usually we're pretty good um so they leave her alone rico um he's my big boy he lives solely in my oldest daughter's room he lived five years in a cage in my in my job so when I adopted him and I gave him a single bedroom, he doesn't do well with other cats, but living in a single bedroom, I mean, he, he's in his glory. It's, that's his little palace. You know, he, he stretches out on the floor. He lays on beanbag chairs like a bear, you know, his paws on top of his belly. Like he's, you know, he, he's in his glory. Um, so 
you know, Kimber's going to live just in Kelsey's room because she's a very shy little girl. If you remember the story about I told um, with us going to having to rescue the cat under the counter, countertop, um, in the old people's house, that's Kimber. So Kimber's actually coming to my house. And then um, two of Mo's family members. Uh, there's Aria, who looks just like Mo. And then there's Lisa, who's, um, she, I mean, she was transferred back and forth between the two branches, the three branches. She came to us only the one time, but she went back and forth from the other two branches and was labeled aggressive and violent and all of that stuff. And I got her and I bonded with her and she's great. So, um, she's going to be the other, the other one, but, but a lot to do here, a lot of things to move around and, and really get situated. And, you know, another one to factor in with those numbers is, you know, my mother has her own cat who's now about 20 years old, who's going to be going with my mother. So, um, again, that, that brought my number with Montana at, at eight to, you know, bring it down to six and back up to nine. So, but, um, yeah, it's all well thought out. And again, something that on the surface to a lot of people would sound crazy, but I have very well managed and very specific things going for this one and that one we we feed in multiple different rooms just to make sure that you know the dominance is is down there's no issues with one rushing to eat you know if someone's on a special diet they're separated off into this room or that room like it it's an intense you know process to your average person but to us it's you know it's pretty commonplace and these guys are family to us so um yeah, so that's a long answer to a short question. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated on the various different uh, twists and turns that that goes on. Uh, but, yeah, uh, check out uh, Jeremy. And I got your five stars. You know, speaking of him and speaking of Nolan Edwards, this guy, you know, every time I tell Jeremy about someone, I feel like, you know, it was new to me. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I interviewed that guy a couple weeks ago. He's like, what the fuck? You know, I see this guy for the first time. He made his big East Coast debut and everything. So, oh, no, no, that guy's great. I interviewed him and this and that. So, check out I Got You Five Stars. You can go check out an interview with Nolan Edward right over there. Uh, he's reviewing shows still. He's doing his thing. And, uh, you know, big shout out to my dude. Uh, you know, I always hope everything uh, heads in a better direction for him. He has, you know, some rough stuff going on. But, you know, he'll, he'll get through it. For sure. And uh, check out that show. I'm sure he'll love uh, hearing from you guys. Popping over there, listening to that. Um, check out Eric at the I don't know whether to bet on the Giants or the Eagles podcast. Um, I really don't. I, I really I, I had to fucking opt out of even picking that game because I got this like feeling that the Giants are going to win that fucking game because they've been playing pretty fiery. But like they they shouldn't be beating a lot of anybody, but the Eagles, like, you know, they did. They're fucking trash. They're 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 actual garbage. So I'm not really sure which team's going to be more garbage tomorrow. Um, so I just didn't want to touch it. So I, I left that shit alone. But uh, but check out you know this podcast where they talk about that in depth. Um. Check out uh, Andrew at uh, False Count Radio. And check out Sozio, Struggling with Sozio. 
it was like revealed today that he had a brother. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like a revelation to anyone who really knows knows him, but like I had no fucking idea that there was another one of them. I wonder if he's like the the Herb Powell to his Homer Simpson. Yeah, I mean, like, like he's he's super like high class and successful. But I think that went south, right? Like Herb ended up being a piece of shit too. He he was like jerking people over the the the, the new car. Or no, that's right. Homer fucked him over by designing like a total piece of shit and ruined his enterprise. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, shout out Sozio. Um, yeah, man. I think I covered everything. I plug everybody. Shaheen, of course, again. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. I'll check you motherfuckers out next week. Peace.